0: Welcome, everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning, and you're with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson. And Lawson, how was your day yesterday after radio? Oh, yeah. It was- we know how it was on radio. Yep. We were here. Yeah. But what, what was it like after radio? After radio. Oh, yeah, it was so good.
1: It was? I had a great day yesterday. So good.
0: Yeah. You like so good? Of course. Yes, Man,
1: where's this, this conversation going? Are <laughs> <laughs> like you doing some like some like mirroring like?
0: I no, just asking with you like you said it was. You said you said your day was so good, and I was like, oh, you like? Yeah, so of good. course, bro. So good, so good. Soy milk, so good. Almond milk, dude. It's <laughs> an, it's
1: dude, They make plant based up and goes now, like non dairy ones. There you go, dude. I like I had like twelve in like two days at Big Cam. <laughs> this this <laughs> like, might
0: not be. This might not be temperate. Yeah. You do realize you can die from having too much up and go, right? Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. No, look, like, I too like, much <laughs> of a good thing is not, not a good thing. I was at camp and I was like, I haven't drunk up and go in like two years. <laughs> like, Ever since became total vegetarian. Yeah, to-
1: yeah to- total vegetarian. Ever since I became plant-based, I was like, I haven't an up-, up and go in two years. And then I, no, it was, just, it was great. It was a foretaste of heaven. Amen. There you
0: go. <laughs> All right.
1: Loss, well, is how gonna is be,
0: Loss is, Loss is going to be making up and go in heaven. So that's hey going to be fun. Man, what are, what are you thankful for? What oh, how was your day? Let me see what happened in my day yesterday. I, I'm thankful I got to um, okay, so I had to set up a meeting mm-hmm. um, for a group of pastors mm-hmm. and found a great location for it. So I did some location scouting yesterday. It's the most beautiful spot. We're going to meet by the river, mm. round a campfire. Let's go. Absolutely, dude. That's epic. Cook some food. Have a yes. chat.
1: Relax. This is great. These are all things that I enjoy doing. Thanks for the invite. Uh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM.
0: Positively different. Let's have some positively different news this morning. You know are You kind of
1: like like put me off track in the thankful section. You just started talking about so good and all this random stuff. I had stuff to say. I was going to say that I was so thankful that I got to be part of a group Bible study last night. I got to lead out uh, with my friends, uh, Rojan Kudzai. Uh, both of those guys have interesting names because they're both African and it was sure. me and it was it was just awesome we just got together at like 7 p.m did a bible study together what was the subject uh prayer actually nice. so because yeah we're kind of we're going through bible studies at the moment and we've done like you know stuff like the antichrist and the uh, you oh, know this is heavy subjects yeah we've done the heavy subjects but last night i was just feeling like yeah i wanted to do prayer you know it's really good to talk about like and to study through um you know, the application, like the spiritual kind of orthodoxy applications of the Bible. Like, you know, often like Bible study is so good for us to come to a better knowledge of God. But a huge part of that is knowing how to worship him. And prayer-, right. prayer is something that like everyone will tell you like, oh yeah, as a Christian, you're supposed to pray but to actually go through the Bible verse by verse, look at like how God outlines, you know, what the ideals of prayer are, you know, reading, uh, you know, just principles and things that you can pick up and impl- uh, implement in your own life. And yeah, it was just epic. I don't know. I had a really good time last night. Cool. So I didn't okay. get to talk about that because you decided to talk about so, so good. good.
0: <laughs> you just you just said so good. And I was like, well, you know,
1: yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> just it, just it. All
1: right. It, Actually, we're going to talk about... He- oh, should we talk about really, really interesting nature or health first? Let's go with health. All right. So, I came across a story this morning that was hectic as... This is like... I read this and I was like, this is insane. So, um, obesity... Uh, probably like anyone who is medically informed know this knows this but maybe a lot of people hold incorrect incorrect assumptions about this Obesity obesity is entirely a disease of inflammation right. Um, people often somehow like look at weight gain as like you're filling up a balloon. And the more you put in, then the bigger you get. But that's just simply not true um, because there are very skinny people who eat lots of food. Yes. What obesity actually is, is you eat food um, and because of an excess, you, like, yes, you eat too much food, but because of an excess of... Uh, the wrong kind of food. Well, it can be any food
0: and a slower metabolism,
1: yeah, but it's because of the excess of nutrients versus your ability the ability for your metabolism to be able to process all of those things um your body essentially inflames yes. um and it does that you know through uh, your your adrenal- g- uh, gland re- releases a stress hormone called cortisol uh which you know just packs on weight because your body's freaking out essentially it's receiving too many nutrients and it's going ah and then it you you blow up like a balloon essentially um but i was reading this morning about uh you know a study that was done uh by a group of researchers um they're actually from a cancer research group um in spain and they had found out that you know they so they have you know um they they do cancer research as well as many other things, and they were doing research specifically on uh, a heart disease medication um, that is commonly used today. It's called digoxin, D-I-G-O-X-I-N, digoxin. And basically, um, you know, they were finding that like they were feeding it to mice, and the mice were losing weight. Uh, but that was like main, the one of the main symptoms because like one of the things they're trying to combat in heart disease is inflammation itself. And so they were like, okay, let's get a series of overweight mice and see if we, you know, and more focus our study on what happens in terms of their weight and, you know, their body's responses to, you know, different kinds of food and overfeeding and and whatnot. So they had basically fattened these mice up by feeding them too much. Um, So they've seen like, okay, all of these mice have a slow metabolism, their body is responding and they're getting fat. And then they gave them this, uh, this um this pill didoxin and all of a sudden all the mice start losing weight to, about, and ended up losing about forty percent of their Ooh. fat. So and the other thing There's that must they been found fat
0: mice to start with yeah. they'd be dead by now. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah.
1: But that were like fat mice. But the thing that they found is that there were no other side effects.
0: Okay, so basically what you've got then is a pill that says you can eat however you want to mm-hmm. eat, whatever you want to mm-hmm. eat, whenever you want to eat. Mm-hmm. Just take the pill and you don't get fat. And this is the thing. Is I'm that- not sure that's necessarily a great idea.
1: Well, this is, this is what I was thinking because the big thing that they were testing is like, oh, yeah, it's one thing if we just change the diets and put them on the pill, but if we keep feeding them the same diet, too much food, and then put them on this pill, and that's what they did and then all of a sudden their mes- their metabolism sped right up their inflammation just dropped right down and they were losing weight consuming lots of food
0: okay this is kind of freaky it's a little bit freaky i'm it's like reading i'm it's like-, like okay what are the- all right so the side effects so the the side of- there's no side effects from the pill itself but what are the side effects from eating too much food and too much of the wrong kind of food you're still going to get cancer and diabetes surely mm Oh yeah, like it can't be good for you. Heart disease, it can't be good for you, and I'm wondering. I'm a little bit scared of a pill that does away with lifestyle change.
1: Mm. But this is the thing: is that like the reason the reason that like, uh, for example, we have the blue zones. They have longevity as life. Yes. Is yes, because of their their like their their lifestyle, their, their lifestyle but like they're naturally. Skinnier because because of their lifestyle, not but in, as well, not, in,
0: not amongst Seventh Day Adventists because uh, the Blue Zone research among Seventh Day Adventists was done in the United States, mm. which are the most unhealthy people on the planet as far as lifestyle goes.
1: No, but oh, but that's the point is that the Seventh Day Adventists had a different lifestyle to those in the yes. United States, so they yes. like it wasn't like because we know that carrying excess weight is also causes a lot of yeah. other health problems, uh-huh, uh-huh. but then as well, like you know, there are people who go on to totally meat diets and lose like. Hundreds of kids, ke- not hundreds, but lose heaps of weight and they look heaps healthy and then they die at 50 because of hypertension or whatever. So there's yes. still that possibility. But what this, the point that this is making is like, this is like a, a get rich quick pill in terms of your diet. Like you could oh, just yes. smash it and like say, you know, say you packed on some kilos during Christmas, just smash this pill,
0: lose the weight. I fear, I fear for this one though, because I mean, the, the possibility for abuse, if this gets out under the black market, you can have people dying from anorexia.
1: This is the thing I'm like, man, this 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 could have
0: this could kill a lot of people potentially
1: devastating results. And the thing is is that this drug is already available for heart disease patients. This, this is this is freaking interesting bro. stuff. I, I know I'm supposed we to be positively to different news. I know, but I this know. Crazy. It's
0: crazy. It's got its pluses and its minuses. Mm. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts on this one. 1 800 324 843. Or you can text us on 0491 064 669. Maybe we'll get one of our medical professionals to uh, weigh in on this one and give some thoughts. Maybe mm. we can send some research out there and uh, see if we can get some information back. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. So this morning, I'm thankful to uh, be living in Australia. Mm, amen. Um, particularly when I look around the world and look at the signs in the world. You know, the Bible talks about you know terrible crises that our world will face just before Jesus comes back. Mm. In uh, the United States, there's been mass resignations. Um, uh, you know, over the last you know six months or so in the police force. New mm. York City has. Um, faced the most of those because you've had the strongest defund the police movements that have taken place there um, where resignations are up by 72%.
1: Okay, they're up by 72%. That's That's massive. Massive. But how many, like what percentage of the police force is that? Uh,
0: Those statistics I don't have, but Mm. 72% increase shows a very, very uh, strong, uh, very strong, Big number. Okay, this is, okay, this is over five thousand. Just getting um, the numbers through right there. There's over I've five thousand police have resigned in New York City, um, and that's just in the last twelve months. Yeah. Okay. Of so, course. so what that then has resulted in? You get the flip side of this, and and part of the challenge here is that the um, that the what this does is it puts the onus of security and protection. It takes it out of the hands of professionals and places it into the hands of the untrained public. Mm. And so you've got CCW permits uh, that have increased. Now, CCW permit for those in Australia... I have no idea what that is. is. That's uh, the permit that you have to have to be able to carry a firearm in the Mm. United States. So if you want to carry a firearm, it's called the Concealed Carry... Warrant, I think it is, something like that. Mm. Um, in the last 10 years, those have increased by 304% as oh. people take it into their own hands. It's like, well, if the police aren't going to protect us, we need to protect ourselves. Uh, of course, the communities that are impacted the most by the drop in police numbers are the African-American communities, mm. and uh, that's where you've seen the greatest increase in um, applications for concealed uh, carry uh, permits, Um, has been amongst those communities Mm. because, you know, that's where the majority of the um, assaults and violence has been taking place and amongst women. So it's mostly been African-Americans and women that have been applying for uh, CCW permits. And this is even after a whole bunch of states put the brakes on, like, for instance, in uh, Philadelphia, it was taking up to 18 months to get a CCW permit Mm. and uh, to get, um, uh, you know, background checks and so forth because they're trying to, you know, slow it down um but amongst african americans the, perm- the 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 applications for ccws have doubled yeah wow across the united states and um 15.4 million applications to acquire a firearm just in 2020 alone 42% of those were first time buyers oh wow okay so these
1: are people who feel compelled that they need one
0: that's what's happening. Mm. It's, it's, it's a scary situation. It sort of makes it like, sometimes I'm glad to live in Australia because, you know, you understand what, what's taking place basically is that the US is becoming more and more like countries like South Africa. So if you look at South Africa, yes, for example, yes, yes. where there's very little law, um, less than 1% of murders are ever solved in South Africa. Wow. And God. South Africa is a leading nation in Africa. Yeah, well. You know, and my father lived in Zambia for five years and, you know, the, the police there, if they caught you with something, they were more likely to shoot you because there was less paperwork than they were to <laughs> arrest you. <laughs> That's um, intense. It was very, very intense. And this is how a lot of these countries work. And so people's only form of security is the security that they provide for themselves. And when you have that kind of intensity within a culture, it's just not healthy. hmm You know, you sort of you walk around. It looks normal, it feels normal, but it's not actually normal. Yeah, your poorer countries actually aren't so bad because these are countries where the general population can't afford a firearm. Mm. Um, It's you know, but places like South Africa is just a little bit more wealthy, and so um, people are like, yeah, I can afford to protect myself, and then. You have the untrained professionals that are doing all of the work. And I'm not saying that we should leave our self-protection up to the professionals only mm. because, you know, the old saying you, you know that is out there, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away. We get that. Mm. Um, but it uh, is, is a bit of a scary situation that is taking place around our world. And I guess particularly in the United States with, you know, the whole defund the police movement, it's predictable. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. what did, What did you expect was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Seriously, what other result did you expect to come out of this? Anyway, yes. that's happening in the it US. Tends. I did say that we'd talk about this class down in Victoria. Um, no surprise it's coming out of Victoria, but anyway. Um, this is a female youth worker in uh, uh, Melbourne um, who was working for the local city council and uh, doing diversity and inclusion classes Uh, for the school. So she travelled around to different schools and do diversity and inclusion sessions. Um, She was teaching at this particular class at Parkdale Secondary College and during a session on pronouns and intersectionality, she made all of the boys in the room to stand if they were white, male and Christian. Mm Mm-hmm. So once they were all standing up if they were white male and Christian, she called them out as being privileged oppressors. This oh, is in class. Yes. Oh, so <laughs> this is in bad. class. How old were these kids? Uh, this is high school.
1: Oh oh that's even worse. Oh, that's terrible. Now how would you how would you
0: feel, Lawson? I mean, hey, You know, I'm a little bit older and a little bit past actually sort of, you know, feeling ashamed and all that kind of stuff. And even if I wasn't white, you know, if if I'd have been sort of like a black person in that class, I would have been standing up just to call her out. Yeah, 100%. It's just...
1: (laughs) Well, like, so it was funny. Like, I grew up, like, non-Christian and went to a Christian school. And so I kind of, you know, like, dude, I had a good, bro. My school was amazing. It was, like, the best, but... Dude, that's so intense.
0: Yeah, so I left, I left these kids feeling ashamed and targeted and they're teenagers and they're struggling with their identity as it is. And, you know, they're in that age bracket where their Christian experience is something that they are forming and making, mm. asking questions about, which is how it should be. Um, but, yeah, it's just like totally called these kids out. Um, and, you know, the boys said that initially they thought it was a joke. Or sarcasm that was being used, and so they just like, oh yeah, went along with it, and suddenly they realised that they were just being like humiliated. Mm. Well, like and they also they also said they also stated they felt like they couldn't say anything in reply because the discussion was about LGBT plus issues, and if they said anything, they'd be branded as homophobic as well. Yeah, well-
1: <laughs> you know what? Uh, remember the story we talked about yesterday in Oklahoma. Yes. This would have been outlawed there.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's right. This, this, this is totally, thing, this, this thing could be totally have illegal in Oklahoma now.
1: But this is, this is so what? Like, okay. I don't want to sit here and pretend like these guys, like, like, okay. So it, this is terrible. Like this shouldn't have happened. <laughs> this is like the worst. This is like so dumb. Like this is so bad. Uh-huh. At the same time, like I can, f- I feel like, like, oh yeah, like. Look, they can handle it and move on, but at the same time, like they are just—they're literally children.
0: Yes, I, I agree totally. I absolutely agree. It's just how I handle this, move on, um, be proud of who you are. Yeah, and be secure in who you are. But it's like and be secure in the fact that you are a child of God, and, and you know, mm. I give them credit for actually standing mm. up as Christians, mm. you know, and taking the courage to do that. You know so what? the parents have actually called for uh, this for the local count for the local council to sack this person. The school has apologised. Um, One local counsellor has called what this uh, teacher did um, as racism. Mm. So, you know, and called for it to be sacked as well. The school has written an official apology and provided counselling, Ah, which is kind of what you do these days. So there's been quite a backlash to it. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM positively different. Joining us in the studio is Dr. Sven Erstring. Welcome to the show. Good morning again, Lyle and Lawson. Good morning. It's good to have you here. We're talking about the mind and reasoning this morning, so um, super interested to see where this discussion is going to go. Um, do you still have your mind this morning, Dr. Sven Oerstring?
2: I believe I believe I do. I, I woke up on good the good news. side of the bed, yes. and uh, <laughs> I've got my mind as well, which which is fantastic. fantastic. Do not ever, don't
0: ever lose your mind.
2: Indeed, mm-hmm. Al- Alzheimer's is a is a really big challenge. You know, uh, when you start to to lose your mind, mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a tragic condition. But we're going to a little bit more on the kind of positive, at least to start off with. Yes, and that, of course, is science itself. Um, the interesting thing is that that science is based um, pretty much totally on this idea that our mind. Um, can understand the the universe, the the world around us, and, and so, uh, you know, in terms of the the ideas, we can go out, we can step into the the world in which we live, uh, we can we can repeat experiments and all of those kind of things, and uh, through the processes of using our mind, we can understand the universe. So it's it's pretty amazing concept, isn't it? It is. And, and of course the fact is this, is that you know, science is not just you yourself and and um, on your own. It's also this idea that we collectively can grow together. So, you know, it's um, you have uh, people collaborating to write papers, to um, to, to learn and, and do research, and ultimately the idea is that we can uh, progress and um, actually um, come to a real and better understanding of the world. So that that's the whole kind of basis of science in in many ways.
0: And so we need to be able to, uh, yeah, without, without a mind and without being a, you know, it's, what's interesting is the difference between the mind and the brain. Yes. Mm. Because you can lose your mind. But you can't lose without you- without losing your brain. So a person with Alzheimer's um, or some other me- mental with with with, with uh, some other kind of mental illness can lose their mind. What we would say lose their mind, but they still have a fully functional brain that is keeping the body
2: alive. Yes, yes, a- and the mind has a whole lot of things. It's it's memory. Uh, it's it's you know your ability to reason. Um, it's it's um, includes your your emotions and, and feelings as well. Now here's a really really um, significant thing and that is this is that if the mind doesn't um, isn't working properly, then science doesn't work. okay and this is this is where we want to go. So yes all right, let's talk about it. so so um, if if your mind doesn't work then then science cannot. Lead us to the truth. You you cannot arrive at truth if your mind is not working properly.
1: That's interesting because like one of the biggest principles of science is that it has to be observable. Yes, and and it's testable it's and our, repeatable. Yeah, observable. for empirical science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like without uh, without your mind, there's no ability to observe without yeah. having.
2: You That's know, right. Or to test. That's right. Or repeat. Yes. And, of course, one of the interesting things is you cannot actually observe your thoughts. You, you've, you've never weighed them. You've never seen one. Uh, you, you just have to rely on your thoughts, even though you've never observed them, which is really kind of cool, isn't it? That's a very cool thought. <clears throat> very, very cool, cool thought. thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. C.S. Lewis, in the book Miracles, made this comment, all possible knowledge then depends on the validity of reasoning. Unless human reasoning is valid, no science can be true.
0: Mm. So what's the origin of reasoning then? Where does this come from? Well. Where do thoughts originate? You know, we can sort of imagine, you know, a creation like, say, for instance, a motor car and you have a whole bunch of mechanical components that work together to produce a type of life. mm. But it doesn't reason. No. No. Whereas no. we are a machine as well, yes. but we are a machine that reasons.
2: Yes, yes. And and it's really interesting because, you know, um, our computers are processing information all the time. Uh, they're, they're doing computations and, and um, you know, using what, what um, engineering and, and computer scientists would say logic, but they're not actually reasoning. Um, no, not at all that they they don't know that they exist and they don't they don't have thoughts about other things they ju- they mm. just process information
0: there's no inf- there's no emotion there
2: mm. no emotion at all no feelings no awareness self awareness no self yeah no consciousness
0: even though we make them pretty smart these days
2: true but they don't know that they, they exist yeah so mm. it's very and here's the really really important thing uh, with all of this is if our minds are faulty in any particular area um, we may never know that particularly if yeah, if wow. if all all three of us um, and, and our producer as well, um, if we are faulty in the same point in our thinking, then we're all blind at that point. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So, so we can't move forward. And this is a really big, so science assumes that we have a mind that can think and reason. But if there's big gaps or faults or blindnesses, we're in deep problems. Mm. Science itself, as, as, um, uh, C.S. Lewis said, he said, no science can be true um so so that's a blanket kind of statement but you know if we're looking at particular areas it could be that science in a particular area will always arrive at faulty conclusions because humans um thinking collectively at that point is is faulty and it's limited yes Mm. yes
1: and that could come from two places like firstly i think the obvious place is like someone with uh you know alzheimer's or some kind of mental disease like this, they they can't comprehend and process the world around them. But secondarily, it's like the other one is just sheer ignorance. That's right. Just not knowing things, not because your mind is faulty, but because you just don't understand things. That's
2: absolutely right.
0: And so then if we considered a world in which we were less intelligent than what we are now, let's say Mm. we we, we take somebody who's got Alzheimer's and they're able to function and they're able to live, Mm. um, and we know and we understand that, uh, but let's say that that was the norm for our world, then uh, we would produce science based on that level of... of logic and reasoning. Logic and reasoning and cognitive ability. And we would define the world based around that particular level of our ability and it would be very, very limited compared to what we have right now. Yes. Imagine then the possibilities of... Levels over and above the level that we have at this particular point in time yes, mm.
2: definitely, definitely now that that's a hypothetical situation because uh, hopefully uh, not all of us have Alzheimer's, but the Bible actually says something very very important it has mm. a, it's a particular idea, and that is the concept of sin
0: mm. okay, and on yeah. that point, we know that our mind, our brain, our reasoning is actually damaged
2: yes. We do because the Bible has has told us. And so what this means is in the areas of morality and the areas of our relationship to God and understanding who God is, what the Bible says is that we come to, we have faulty thinking, uh, damaged minds. And our minds will arrive at the wrong result. And the Bible actually says a beautiful passage um, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And and the heart is like our emotive way of thinking, if I mm. could put it that way. Mm. You know, if our heart is deceitful above all things, can you trust your heart in those areas? Mm. No. Like, because it's yeah.
1: deceitful, right? hmm essentially like the point that it's making is that intuition can is, is only inf- can be informed by anything thus it's like
2: it's impossible to trust that's right that's mm. right and and so we're in deep problem uh, we're in deep trouble
0: we are. Yeah, Th- that's we are.
2: what the Bible is really saying. And, and you can, you can see it in the world around us. I mean, all of the evil in the world. But the point is what the Bible is also saying is that it even affects our minds. And so then it can even affect science itself. But here's the beautiful thing. Um, so basically, if we take
0: our, so sorry if I, if I butt in right now, but if we take our analogy of say, a, a a society of humans that is at the same level as human beings who have Alzheimer's. Their science is only going to go so far. They're going to believe this is science, this is truth. We have studied this. This is the best that we can ever learn. But it's going to be very very limited compared to what we are. And then we're saying, well, okay, where we are, maybe maybe there is something you know way beyond where we are, where yes. our brains could compute and calculate. But we are completely unaware of it. And now the Bible is telling us, yes, that is actually the case. Yes. Yes, mm.
2: yes. And, and you know, we are, we are in deep trouble, as I said before. We're, we're in, in serious problems. And the thing is this, is what we need is we need somebody who is able to restore our mind, a mental mechanic, mm. somebody who can heal our minds. And not only that, who can also reveal to us the truth about where we're at. You know, take that that analogy of the Alzheimer's somebody needs to step into that group of people and say, well, this is the reality. Um, You know, uh, let me bring you into the light. Let me bring you into light. If that makes sense. And this is the incredible thing. The Bible not only tells us our condition, including our hearts and our minds, which are deceitful. The Bible also tells us that there is someone who can heal our mind and Mm. repair our mind. Which, which brings me to that
0: passage where the Bible says, you know, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man, you know, the things that God, the good things that God has created. In other words, with our limited view and our limited mind, we don't actually have the computing power to even imagine. Yes.
2: What God has planned for us. In
0: anything over and above. And God is saying, okay, this, this is a whole bunch of stuff that is. It is over and above.
2: Yes, Mm. definitely, definitely. And so the Bible actually says, uh, you know, uh, King David prayed, create in me a clean heart, a restored heart, a purified (laughs) heart, and renew a right spirit within me. And so what he's saying is I know where I can go to be restored in my thinking. Uh, I can know where I can go to, you know, my emotions can be uh, cleansed and, and purified, my my thinking can be corrected and put right. Um, and this is the amazing good news about the Bible. And it's so important that we understand, you know, what's going on here. You know, in Proverbs, um, so this was King David's son, Solomon writing, he wrote, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And it goes on. Those are famous verses, but the next verses are really amazing. Do not be wise in your own eyes recognize it, that we have a need for yes. someone else to come in and share with us knowledge and to restore our, our thinking uh, as as well. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. We need healing. We need restoration. And, you know, this is the incredible thing. You know, in in a very um, uh, great book called Patriarchs and Prophets, talking about science, and in particular, uh, what I want to refer to is the topic of origins, because this is where God interacted with humanity in a very deep and powerful way. And this is where science can get it really, really wrong, uh, because we can allow our sin-damaged thinking... To, and we tried to use that to discover our origins. This is the problem. It, what it says is this. The greatest minds, if not guided by the word of God in their research, become bewildered in their attempts to trace the relationships of science and uh, revelation. Because the creator and his works are so far beyond their comprehension that they're unable to explain them by natural laws. They regard Bible history as unreliable. Those who doubt the reliability of the records of the Old and New Testaments will be led to go a step further and doubt the existence of God. And then having lost their anchor, they're left to beat about upon the rocks of infidelity. And what it's saying is we need God to guide our minds.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Dr. Sven Erstring, we do appreciate very much you coming and joining us here to talk about this. Actually, it's a big conversation. I'd love to uh, come back to it.